You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Were we supposed to, before we get to baseball, were we supposed to make our NBA finals picks? Do we do that? I Bucks don't know. win the NBA title. Okay. I said that last year. I'll say, <laughs> oh, who am I going to say? I'll just give you the finals. I'll give you Bucks versus Clippers. Oh, the Clippers. LeBron was all complimentary of the Clippers last week. Was he? Said something about, well, they're clearly one of the best teams in the league and blah, blah, blah. They got So John Wall is going to be good? He better be. All right. Kawhi better be healthy. That's probably the bigger question. That's the bigger question. Will Kawhi be healthy more than will John Wall be good? Will Kawhi play? Yeah, uh, well, look, I, I go back on many things, and if he gets hurt, I'm going back on that. <laughs> so <laughs> that will be that will be an automatic. Uh, one piece of news this is from Paloma Viacana, uh, Fox 5. Aiden Robbins and Doug Brumfield are not practicing today for UNLV football. That's their number one quarterback, number one running back. Uh, Aiden Robbins left the game against what did Air he Force. Hurt? Uh, knee. Hurt his knee, apparently. He was listed on the depth chart. As for, number one? For UNLV football. So he's not practicing today, so maybe not. I was assuming he was going to play against Notre Dame, but maybe not. It's Tuesday. Um so there's still time for him to come back and practice and play on Saturday. But Brumfield not practicing. There's your quarterback will, there. Will we get updates from Danny on the plane who's going to go produce the show this week and travel with the team? Will we get updates from Danny? Who's on the plane, Danny? Who's on the plane? A lot of guys. Is Doug, <laughs> a lot Doug, of guys. There's a lot of guys on this plane. Here's what I here's what I want to know. Doug Brumfield uh, was on the sideline of the game against Air Force wearing sunglasses in Allegiant Stadium. He, he was sunglasses yep. indoor guy? Yep. But again... He had, well, a, he had a concussion. He had a concussion. Okay, okay, a concussion. So, okay, okay, here's okay. the thing. All right, all right. I'll give him that. Yeah. Okay. If you're still in concussion protocol, should you be on the sideline of a football game? Taking the chance that something might happen? Or? Well, you're just in a – I mean, I know it's Allegiant Stadium. It's UNLV football. But you're in a loud environment. There's a lot of lights. There's a lot of noise. Right. I just feel like that's not yeah, where you should maybe be. Maybe not. Yeah, probably maybe not. not. But he did have sunglasses on. But, Danny, what I want to know is Doug Brumfield wearing sunglasses on the plane. Okay. That like that just that's the one detail I want to know. In plain sunglasses I'll, guy. I'll find him. I'll figure out if he's wearing them. If so, I'll ask him what brand, and I'll report back. <laughs> that's to you. that's what we want to know. Yes, that All is right. the key detail there. Sunglasses on the plane. Uh, Paloma also just tweeted out Cameron Freel and Harrison Bailey are splitting the reps at number one quarterback today. Uh, Freel was ahead of Harrison Bailey, but he fumbled twice against Air Force. Also threw in three turnovers by the quarterback. Yeah, that's that's right. Not good. Can't do that. Um, but Harrison Bailey, in the limited time that we've seen him, has not looked any good. I still would go with Cameron Freel, uh, but potentially, you know, Danny talked about using two quarterbacks. They might end up using two quarterbacks if Rumfield can't play just because neither one of them is actually any good between Freel and Harrison Bailey. Um, all right, did want to talk about a little bit of baseball because. Game five of the ALDS between the Yankees and Guardians. Here's what happened yesterday. They were supposed to play game five yesterday. They end up postponing the game till today, but they waited two and a half hours after when first pitch was supposed to be to postpone the game. They did it because of rain. What's actually funny is that it wasn't raining when first pitch was supposed to happen, right? So they could have started this game, but as pretty much any manager would do, they were worried about, hey, we don't want to start our pitcher 
two innings in, it's pouring. Right. And, and then we, we pull the him and we can't bring him back because we have a 45 an hour delay right. and that guy can't come back out and pitch. So that was the big concern yesterday and why they were postponed. By both teams, I imagine. Yes. Why they were postponed, even though it wasn't raining during first pitch. But what Major League Baseball did here, they opened the gates at Yankee Stadium either 90 minutes or two hours before the game started. So there were fans that were there, you know, an hour and a half before the game started. Then first pitch comes, and they they don't announce it's postponed until 40 minutes before first pitch, right? So you're there for maybe 30 minutes, and then they finally announce, hey, first pitch is going to be postponed. Okay. They don't make an actual announcement until two and a half hours after first pitch is there. So there's an update. Anybody there were no updates for major league baseball yesterday. The only only updates we got were, Hey, the managers are going to meet with the umpires that happened. I think twice and discuss what to do, but never got an update on how those actual conversations went and what it meant. So you conceivably as a fan could have been at Yankee stadium for four hours yesterday and not seen a pitch for a game that got postponed. And, and in that four hours got zero information. You ate a lot, right. drank a lot. For four hours, you could have sat there spending $12 on a hot dog a hot and dog. $30 on a beer, beer and then got no game and then find out the next day or find out, you know, four hours later. The game's, next in, the game's, game's the next tomorrow. day and at four o'clock Eastern time, right? If you've got a normal job, you're not getting Well, there. there's going to be people without tickets to today that had tickets yesterday. Oh, so here's, here's, what, they, here's what the Yankees did. And maybe it's Major League Baseball's fault. Maybe it's the Yankees' fault. I don't know who. Uh, your tickets from last night are obviously good for today, but non-refundable. So if you had tickets to last night and today you have to work and can't go, your ticket is non-refundable and you have less than 24 hours to try to sell that on a secondary market. That's brutal. Like they, the way they treated the Yankees and guardians fans yesterday is like unbelievably bad, but Again, go with me here. If I have tickets, what yesterday was? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I yesterday would have been. I, I apologize. A seven o'clock start, yeah, okay, maybe six o'clock. But it so was... there is no other game, so you can come back today if right. you wanted to. Okay, right. And the way they treated the fans yesterday is absolutely brutal. Like you again, you could have been at Yankee Stadium for four hours yesterday with zero information about what was going on. Sat around there for four hours expecting Spent there to $200 be two hundred dollars on food and right. beer. And then you find out, oh, the game's postponed. Your ticket's non-refundable. And you got to come back tomorrow at 4 o'clock. And either you, you're coming back tomorrow or you have to work and you can't make it. And you na- it's now the burden is on you to find to somebody to buy your ticket from you. Brutal. Yeah. I actually have two friends who... Did that? They're, so they're from here and they're currently in New York City for their honeymoon. And they're Yankees fans, so they bought tickets for yesterday's game. They got to fly back. They posted a picture, and the entire sky is dark. Like, it looks like it's going to pour any minute. They fly home today. Oh. Yeah. Don't want to postpone the flight? I don't know. I haven't talked to them yet, but I'll text them, see what they're going to do. That's brutal. That is. That's brutal. Well, the, wait, did like they... Tyler said, they had 24 hours to try to sell them. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you know... Were they at Yankee Stadium? Oh yeah, they posted pictures yeah. from their seats. Do you and know the how long entire, they were there? Uh, no, but I can text them okay. real quick. I'm like, I'm just curious, like, were they there like the full four, four and a half hours I'll find that out. you conceivably could have been there? For? I think if they're flying home today, they they waited it out. I don't know what time their uh, their flight was, but yeah, I'm I'm assuming knowing them, 
they're big Yankees fans, they probably waited till the very last minute to leave this stadium. Yeah, I mean, if you know, oh, you're, if you if you know you're flying home yeah, the yeah. Ne- next day, you're waiting. If yeah. you're huge fans, you're 100%. waiting it out. Yeah. But again, that goes back to Major League Baseball not communicating at all. Like if they had said, you know, at first pitch, hey, we're postponing it. Here's our plans. Here's our options or whatever. Right. If, you know, we'll wait until this month. Right. We'll wait for this long or, or hey, if the weather does this, we're going to play. If the weather does this, we're not going to play. And then you could make an actual decision. Well, I'm going to go home because I don't believe it's right. going to be played. But no, they just left everybody there to. Yeah, we don't know what we're doing, guys. We don't know. Could be biggest game of the season for the Yankees. I don't know. You could go home and we might play or you could stay and we're not going to play till tomorrow. Brutal. Absolutely brutal the way fans were treated yesterday. So the fun part of this as an Astros fan, the winner of the Yankees and Guardians today has to then get on a plane and fly to Houston and play game one of the ALCS tomorrow. They're going. They're going tomorrow. Game one's tomorrow of the ALCS. Man. Verlander? Yes. No chance. And I believe I don't I don't know I haven't seen who these two teams are starting, but I believe the Yankees can start Nestor Cortez, who's their number two. That's on, what that's what I read that now that got uh, delayed a day, they're gonna and start. And the Guardians Cortez. can go with Shane Bieber. Yes. Um if that does in fact happen, I think it's both of those pitchers, whoever wins of those two, would not be able to start a game until game four of the ALCS. And like the Yankees, for example. I believe, uh, so Garrett Cole, I'm going to do this real quick. Garrett Cole pitched on Sunday, Monday off, Tuesday off, Wednesday off. Garrett Cole could come back for game three or game two, game two. on short rest. On Thursday. So conceive, like taking the Yankees as an example, if they win, they might not start their number one or number two pitcher until games three and four of the series. Now, again, Garrett Cole could go on short rest in game two but I would take that as an Astros fan, but they might not be able to have their number one or number two pitcher until games three or four. How long is this thing going? Five games. And then because the ALCS schedule has changed this year, there's no off day after game two or game two. There's an off day. And then three through seven are straight through meaning. Is that Garrett, the same with the NL? I think so. Yeah. Meaning that Garrett Cole, let's say they pit, they wait Garrett Cole and pitch him on regular rest in game three. He could come back in seven. in seven, but Nestor Cortez would be wiped out. He would not be able to pitch uh, unless it was on two days rest in game seven. So potentially the Astros are going to play the Yankees or the Guardians because they're in the same spot, just different names. Potentially the Astros are going to play in the ALCS and only have to face the other team's best two pitchers once. Who do you want? Uh, I'm going to say you want the Yankees. I still want the Yankees because I still believe the only way the Astros lose, and now that the Dodgers, Braves, and Mets are out, the only way they lose to any team left is if they lose four games by like a two to one or three to two score. So I, and I believe the team that's most likely to do that is the Cleveland Guardians. Their pitching is, it's very good. Like they have a good rotation and they have a good bullpen. So if there's a team that's going to, shut the Astros lineup down four times in seven games. It would be them. I think it's the guardians that are more likely to do it. So I would rather play the Yankees. However, if the Yankees lose today, I will still be happy because the Yankees losing is always fun. So I won't be disappointed either way. The Astros should win the world series. It, like yes, I'm yes. sitting here. Like if the they Astros win the world don't, series with dusty as the manager, if they don't win it at this point, I will be like, it's, it's kind of bad at this point. If they don't win the world series, given who's left and given what the American league, the other two American league teams are having to go through. 
before to get, starting to the even LCS. get to the ALCS. Right. right. Like it should be bad. However, the Astros always end up losing the World Series to some crappy team that found its way through the NL. They did it the damn Nationals in 2019 and the damn Braves last year. So the Phillies that. winning 87 games is the exact team that's going <laughs> to that beat, beat the, the yeah, Astros. 100%. <laughs> that's the team that's going to beat them in the World Series is the 87-win Phillies. So I got an update about the game last night. Uh, so they they were in the stadium for about three hours. Uh, the game was finally announced postponed at 9.35 p.m. It was supposed to be a 7 p.m. start time. Yeah. Two and a half hours. And originally they had moved it to 10 p.m. start time. And then just decide to delay it. Okay, so your friends stayed until they announced. Yeah. And they, they apparently, home? apparently, I got the date wrong of the flight. They actually come back tomorrow morning, not today. So they are staying for the game. Hey. Oh, so they get in the game. Yeah. Oh, good for them. Yeah, they were That's also good. at game, game two. Okay. So they're they're making the most of it. There in New York. You, got some, uh, you got some rich friends, Danny. <laughs> no, they're there a week. <laughs> it's, it's, no, that's a very expensive place to be there that long. Yeah, well. man, good for you. Getting the will. So, all right, uh, were they one of the uh, fans throwing the football with Miles Straw? I highly doubt it. Okay, did you see that video, Ed? Uh, Miles Straw yes. and another guy on the Guardians. Yeah. I can't remember who were throwing a football. Just kind of out on the field and then started throwing it into the stands yes. with just random fans. fans. I assume they were Yankees fans. Maybe there was a Guardian fan there, but that's kind of cool at least. That, yeah. Like two or three guys got to throw a football with Miles Straw. Yeah. Those are the only ones that actually had an enjoyable three <laughs> to four hours in Yankee Stadium yesterday. Uh, so, yeah, we get uh, two. Oh, I saw a tweet. I can't remember who tweeted this out. This is the first time in the history of Major League Baseball that uh, a game in two different rounds will be played on the same day. Because you have the divisional round and the NLCS. Oh, that's be right. Because the yeah. Padres and Phillies open up tonight yeah. at five. First game of the NLCS is tonight. It's the first time ever. It happens in basketball and hockey on a somewhat regular basis where they'll play a second round Well, they'll game. play like game seven and then game, game one. one. Yeah. But right. in baseball, it has never happened until now. Where... Pods keep making history. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Every time I turn around, they're doing something that no one's ever done. Keep making history. All right, coming up next, we'll get into Bischoff's briefs. As UNLV basketball picked up a commitment yesterday. Bischoff's briefs. When life gives you lemons, don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back. Bischoff's briefs. Get mad. I don't want your damn lemons. What am I supposed to do with these? Bischoff's briefs. Demand to see life's manager. Bischoff's briefs. Do you know who I am? I'm the man who's going to burn your house down with the lemons. Tomorrow is the start of UNLV, or excuse me, Mountain West Media Days for the basketball season. It's over the course of two days. We will get... Uh, the projected order of finish. Will that come out at 10.01? Probably, actually, yes. Uh, <laughs> most likely. It will be at 10.01 tomorrow. Um, so we'll find out where UNLV lands in the pre- uh, preseason rankings Prediction? in the Mountain West. Fifth. Sixth. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to think a little bit yeah. more about it, but I'm fifth or sixth sounds right. Maybe as low as seventh. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, somewhere in that fifth, sixth range. Uh Today's briefs, though, on UNLV basketball, they got a commitment yesterday from JUCO transfer Robert Whaley. He is at the College of Southern Idaho. 
Looks like he's going to play for Southern Idaho this season, then come to UNLV next season. Uh, last year as a freshman, did not start any games, played 18 minutes per game, averaged 10.9 and 4.9 rebounds, which is actually pretty good in just 18 minutes, right? Obviously, if you played 36 minutes, he'd be 20 points and 10 rebounds. Uh, but he did commit 4.4 fouls per 40 minutes, so some foul issues at the College of Southern Idaho. This is a fascinating commitment to me. First off, Robert Whaley is listed at six foot six. And as a freshman at Southern Idaho, he only took two three pointers and he made 59% of his free throws. Meaning without having seen him play, meaning he's a power forward or center that does not stretch the floor at all. Gives you no floor stretching ability, but he's only six, six. That to me is a big concern. Because what's he giving to you? Because he's going to be giving up size if he's playing center, right? And defending in the post. And he doesn't give you on the other end the yeah, ability to stretch the lot. floor. It might be, right? If you take a look at some recent Mountain West players, David Roddy was a six foot six power forward at Colorado State. Actually, might have been shorter than that. Uh, that was his listed height. Um, David Roddy, as a freshman at Colorado State, shot like 18% from three. By the time he finished his last year at CSU, he hit 44% of his three. So David Roddy was a good six foot six power forward. So it's not impossible for somebody with that height at that position to be an impactful player. And Robert Whaley doesn't have to be David Roddy to be a good pickup. Right. But I just, I question if that size at that position with no floor stretching ability really has any place in college basketball. I mean, can he drive to the rim from out there? Maybe that helps make up for it. Is he just... Is he good enough defensively and is he good enough rebounding at six foot six to be on the floor? A lot of guys are not unless they offer something on the offensive end. Right. And if he can't shoot, what are you offering on the offensive end to offset that? So that to me is a big concern just from the player profile. But the part that's actually the most fascinating to me, why is UNLV taking a Juco commit in October of 2022 for the 2023 season. What's going on there? I don't understand that at all. And again, I haven't seen him play. Maybe they found this guy and he's just going to be a star. But what are we doing here? Right? His final five, UNLV obviously, Wichita State, Utah State, Boise State, and Utah Valley. Okay, so Mountain West level teams. Wichita State's pretty good. Yeah. And Utah Valley snuck in there. But that that final five implies to me that this is not a can't miss junior college product. That this is just and perhaps a, that you could have waited. Right. This is a you know I'm sure he's going to be fine. Whatever. That that final five implies he's going to be a good college basketball player, but nothing that you couldn't replace if you missed out on him. This feels very like here's the thing: if Robert Whaley or any player with this sort of, hey, junior college profile, maybe he's an undersized power forward or center. There's no problem with having this guy on the roster, none whatsoever. But that very much feels like a June or July commitment before the season he's going to play him. That very much feels like, hey, we went after some big name transfers in the portal or some highly ranked freshmen and we missed on a couple. And we have an open roster spot or two. And Robert Whaley's a player that could come in and impact the team right away. Could is not just a wasted roster spot. He could actually play. 
That's what that feels like to me. That feels like the backup. Robert Whaley feels like he should be the backup plan. That, hey, if you end up with Robert Whaley, that's fine. Like, it's not a bad pickup. But that should not be the starting point of the 2023 recruiting class, which is what it is. We're, th- this season hasn't even started. And this guy's not going to play until next season. And they've already locked him in? That, to me, just is very, very strange. Because... It might be something we don't know. Maybe. But you would think, and maybe I'm just assuming UNLV's better than they are because they are a program that haven't been in the NCAA tournament in eight years. But you would hope that UNLV is chasing some stars. You would hope that UNLV is going after a top 50 recruit. You would Which hope they that, might be. You would hope that UNLV is going after, obviously we don't know who's going to be in the portal, but you'd hope that right. UNLV is going after some of the big name guys in the portal this offseason. And that Robert Whaley is the backup plan, not the starting point. And again, here's here's the other part of this. UNLV has three guys that are in the final year of eligibility. Um, Harkless, Parquet, and Jordan McCabe. They have four other seniors that I believe all four have an extra year because of COVID. They could come back like Jordan McCabe. They could go and just be done with college basketball like, you know, Bryce Hamilton, Donovan Williams, whatever. So maybe there's seven spots. Maybe there's only three or something like that. And guys will transfer. So there's going to be open roster spots. It's not like landing Robert Whaley means they're not going to still chase a high name transfer guy or a high name recruit. That's not what that means, but it's just weird that that's the first guy they land more than a year in advance. Cause in all honesty, when I saw UNLV land junior college commit, you're thinking all American. No, no. My thought was, is somebody off the roster? For this year's team and this kid's coming in to help this year. That was my original thought was, oh, okay, somebody's gone. They've got an open scholarship and they're replacing him for this year's team because that's what makes sense to me is you chase the big names and then you backfill when you don't fill them all up with transfers or high level recruits with junior college guys or, you know, three-star recruits that come in here. Because here's the other thing that happened yesterday. Carson Templin is a high schooler. In the class of 2023, he announced his final three schools yesterday, Utah State, Utah Valley, and UNLV. Carson Templin, according to 24-7 Sports, uh, does not have a ranking. Is not, he doesn't, you can't say, oh, he's the number 200 player in the country. Is not in their rankings of players. Granted, he's just in this, it's just the top three right now. But what's going on there? Why is UNLV... Like, why is this the top priority? A kid that's a three-star recruit that's not ranked very high. And again, maybe UNLV finds a diamond in the rough, right? It happens. Not to discredit Kevin Kruger and his coaching staff ability to find players. But I would just believe UNLV should be swinging much higher than Robert Whaley and Carson Well, it just seems like these are two names, as you explained, that you can get late after you go into the portal and say, we want a top 50 kid. Okay, we lost him to a power five school. That's going to happen. There's, uh, there's no problem with Robert Whaley, a junior college commit, being on the roster. There's no problem with Carson Templin, an unranked recruit. or a, He does have three stars, according to somebody. I'll have to go find out who. But being, a, whatever, a three-star recruit being on the roster. None whatsoever. But to me, that's those are the backup plans. Those are, hey, we missed on really good players, and these are the backup plans. That's what that should be to me. And I just, I think it's strange that this is where... This is the recruiting news for UNLV basketball for the class of 2023 so far. This should be the end of the recruiting news for the 2023 class. So I find it odd. 
maybe they still land a top 50 recruit and two good guys in the transfer portal. And, and these guys are fine. And none of this matters. But it's just very strange to me that this is the very first thing that we get for the 2023 class because it they should be swinging higher than that. And, and they probably still are. But you'd also think maybe you don't land this player. You don't make this a committable offer until you have a well, little I don't bit more information. I would think if that's his three, they're going to land that kid. I don't know think anything so. about him other than the stars you said or right. you know, not having a ranking, but if you can go to UNLV over the other two, I think you go to UNLV. Granted, Utah State's been better than UNLV for right. I'm just And I don't know where the kid lives or what he's about or anything like that. From but Texas, according to 24-7 sports, yeah. All right. Those are some weird offers for a kid from Texas. Maybe he's playing like AAU ball or prep school somewhere out here. Maybe. Or maybe he's just playing prep school in Texas and... He's actually from Utah. I'll find out more about Carson Templin for you tomorrow. But coming up next, Ryan Wallace joins the show. This isn't the Alex Ovechkin Power Hour. This is the VGK Update with Ryan Wallace. Follow him on Twitter at RyanHockeyGuy. I'm out. Good morning, Ryan. Hey, Ryan. This is your favorite 10 minutes of the week, isn't it? Yeah, more or less. Ah, perfect. Uh, All right. Um, let, well, I'll start here. Are we expecting Logan Thompson to start tonight? Is that your guess? Uh, I mean, that's that's my expectation. I I don't feel like you've you've seen anything that that makes you kind of move off of what your rotation is going to be. You're encouraged, obviously, by how well Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill have played in the first three games of the season. But I, I think that you know, if, if Logan Thompson after a shutout, didn't get the start in Seattle, then I don't think you're going to move off of Logan Thompson in this big divisional game against Calgary Flames. How big is the game? I mean, it's fourth of 82. I mean, how, how, how big is the game? Yeah, I mean, you know, when you look at the Golden Knights last year, they missed the playoffs by, what, three points? So, um, you know, you get into these early situations against playoff teams, and I'd argue this is the toughest test so far this year for the Golden Knights. Um, want to keep building on what you've done well over the first three games but you never want to leave points on the table and just because it's a it's a good opponent in calgary doesn't mean that the golden knights shouldn't be looking to pick up two points because two points you get now it's it's you put them in the bank so as far as big games go this is one that's a measuring stick for sure i think it's a big game because this could potentially be a team that you're battling with over the course of the entire season and they might even see in the playoffs. So to to group sort of some of the next games together in that same thought, Calgary, Colorado, and I know they lost Arizona, but Toronto uh, mm-hmm. are three of the next four games. Is it an overreaction to say that the next four will show us if the Golden Knights are a playoff contender or if they're actually more than that and a cup contender? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's fair, right? Like, when you look at the schedule right now for the Golden Knights, the, the next week and a half or so is, is stiff competition in the NHL. And, you know, you can kind of make the argument, I, I suppose, to throw Winnipeg in there. I wouldn't be one to do that. I don't think Winnipeg's particularly good. Um, but the Leafs are kind of in turmoil right now, too. So it, it's, it's an opportunity for the Golden Knights to put the NHL on notice. That's really what it boils down to. There's still a lot of people that don't buy this Vegas Golden Knights team, and that's fine. But if they're able to go 3-1 and one over the next four games against the, that level of competition, then I think all of a sudden the NHL world's going to recognize that this Golden Knights team might be a little different. Uh, I want to go back to the goalies real quick. What if in a week Laurent Bouchois is back? What happens? Um, 
I I think that you're going to go with your two best goalies, right? And I, I don't think Loren Brossois will be back in a week. Like we're talking about a guy that's just kind of getting into the into a into a situation where he's practicing. I think that he's still probably a little ways away. You're going to take your time with him, especially if Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill are playing as well as they are. But you know, I, I think that the the best case scenario for the Golden Knights is that Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill continue to be good. And if one of them has a, a blip or, or starts to show that, that they're not able to handle the workload that they've had so far in the year, you've got Laurent Brossois working himself back into a position where he can play hockey. Um, my guess is the easiest way, the path of least resistance, would be to send Logan Thompson down to the AHL because he's waiver exempt. The other options would be you'd have to waive Aiden Hill or you'd have to waive Loren Brossois. Those are the options on the table for the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't think that if Logan Thompson's the number one goaltender, you're going to send him down. So it would likely be one of the other two goaltenders being waived, or you can always try to make a trade. Can I ask you, because you said, you know, you want to keep your best two goalies, even if it means you put a guy through waivers and you lose him. Mm-hmm. How do you determine that when Laurent Brossois is injured like if Aiden Hill gets you know another four or five starts before Brossois can come back and let's say Aiden Hill is a league average goalie in those four or five starts how do you make that decision between who's better Aiden Hill or Laurent Brossois coming back from injury who would not have played in an NHL game at that point yeah I mean that's a really interesting question because you can't really make a full determination until you see Laurent Brossois in games right so um, that's going to be the big rub for the Golden Knights. Like if Aiden Hill struggles and like it's clear that he's struggling, then I, I think you make a, a pretty. It's a pretty easy decision. Right. You, you want to get Lauren Brossois and you want to get him some games. You're probably in a position where you where you waive Aiden Hill. Um, I don't know. Like there's no real simple answer to this outside of you've got to find a way for Lauren Brossois to play games. If that means just for a week or so, you send Logan Thompson down to the AHL so that you can get Loren Brossois into games to figure out who it is. I guess you can do that. That is an option that exists on the table. Uh, I don't know that i go that route. If Logan Thompson is your guy, and I feel like he's been given every opportunity to be that guy, you, you don't want to shake his confidence in any way, shape, or form. So it might just be a situation where you put Loren Brossois on waivers, hoping that he clears because he doesn't have any body of work right now in the NHL for this season. Uh, Paul Cotter, uh, top five forwards ice time, is second to Stone, five on five, and as well as he's played, are you even surprised at that? No, I mean, you know, Bruce Cassidy said that he wants to keep ice time fairly consistent, especially when it comes to his top three lines. Paul Cotter on a line with William Carlson and Jonathan Marcia, so they're going to get the lion's share of defensive zone starts. They're going to have a little bit more responsibility in all three zones, and you're going to put them on the ice for important shifts again. So I'm not, I'm not that surprised by it. Paul Cotter's been really good. He's fit in well with Carlson and Marcia, so that line, to me, has been the most consistent for the Golden Knights over the course of three games. They've been consistently winning their shifts more than they've lost them. So... No, not not terribly surprised. I think that if we're being honest with ourselves and looking at this team top to bottom, you want more out of Jack Eichel, Phil Kessel, and Riley Smith. That line dazzled in the preseason, but we haven't really seen them hit their stride yet in the regular season. Uh, do you know the answer to this? Are the golden chrome helmets still going to be in use this year? I don't know the answer. Uh, I, I when are we seeing them? Let's go. They will. So, like, 
I would imagine that they will. Obviously, the Golden Knights are still going to be wearing their steel gray uniform for some games. My guess is that the chrome helmets make an appearance anytime they wear the silver or the, the gray jerseys, but I don't know if that's confirmed or not. Okay. I, I miss those. I don't like them personally, but I miss them because <laughs> everybody else hates them, so I do kind of end up liking them. You're, you're, you and I finally agree on something. I think the gold helmets are the greatest thing that the Golden Knights have done from a uniform perspective. I, I think it's fantastic, and the, the NHL needs more shiny helmets. They really do. I mean, they missed out the the first game against the Kings. The Kings were wearing their chrome helmets. Yeah. They should have both worn them. I agree with you. Like we haven't gotten a chrome dome game yet, and that bothers me. <laughs> have we figured out if those jerseys I loved on the uh, the black ones? Yeah, on the internet were real or no? There's been two different leaks that are slightly. I saw different. a leak last week with the with the Vegas down yeah, the front of it. I thought that they're was slightly cool. different. So I'm guessing those black jerseys are. Real, Legit? just maybe there's some different details when they right. actually come out. But like yes, Ed is, Ed is think, waiting I think desperately. We're going to get uh, an answer on those jerseys this week. Oh, so, oh a little inside. All right. I like that. Okay. I like that. Yeah. And if you're saying we're going to get an answer, I'm guessing we're going to get the jersey. <laughs> That that seems to be the direction we're leading at. Yeah, it would be great. Nice. They, they, they just announced those. no black jersey. They just put a press release. No black jerseys <laughs> yes. this year. Sorry, Ed. That's the press release. All right, um, Ryan. Wait. I, oh, wait. I have one more question for you. Uh, okay. And, and it's, unfortunately, it's a serious hockey question. Uh, in the preseason, a lot of talk about uh, picking up Bruce Cassidy's system. It's going to take some time and all that. They start out 3-0-0, have looked pretty good in those games. Do you think tomorrow that same narrative about picking up Bruce Cassidy's system is talked about again because they're playing Calgary tonight? Um, Yeah, I I think so. I I mean, it's going to be determined on on how the game goes. If the Golden Knights end up giving, you know, 16 high-danger chances in this game against Calgary because Calgary's got players that can break you down, then it's probably going to be a talking point. I still don't think... Everything's going to be ironed out in the defensive zone until probably 15, 20, 25 games into the year. There will be breakdowns. It will happen. But as long as you're winning hockey games, you're not going to worry too much about it. Once you start losing and once you start looking at kind of a, a differential where you're giving up more high-danger chances than you're, uh, than you're shutting down, that's when it really becomes a talking point. All right. He's Ryan Wallace. Uh, you can hear him on Fox Sports Las Vegas, VGK Insider Show, but also... Tonight, pre, post, and intermission show during the game. Ryan, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks, guys. And we got tickets to give away. Golden Knights are back at home on Thursday against the Winnipeg Jets, and we've got two tickets for you. 702-364-1100 is the phone number if you want to go see the Winnipeg Jets take on the Golden Knights. 702-364-1100. Be caller number nine at 702-364-1100. Out there as well as T.J. Oshie. Special teams numbers on the year. Early in this campaign. Johansson elevates beautifully. Eventually feeds down low. Deflection score! It kicked on through. Washington has the lead. Well played by Nick Jensen. He has a counterattack building in a three-on-two. Jensen feeds just out of reach for Alex Ovechkin. Alex waits, spots the open Kuznetsov. Long-range slapper, deflection, score! Off of Ovechkin and in! We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. So, Ed, next week, 
I'm going to be gone on Tuesday. A week from today. Would you like to know the reason why I'm going to be gone? Uh, well, you set it up so well, I guess we need to know. You'll like this. Uh, week from today, I'm getting a vasectomy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> you could have given me 10 hours, and I should have been able to guess that in three guesses, but you might have been able to give me 10 hours. I don't know if I would have come up with that. And I should have really been able to, knowing your view on children, children, yep. have guessed that. Yep. So you're putting an end to it. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Well, and she must be on board with it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, if she's not, you've got major problems, by the way. <laughs> if she's not on board with it, you'd better take the ring back. Uh, she probably wants it more than I do. She, she, has, she has got the same view on children as, as me. Yeah, it's hard to get engaged and get to married if you're both on opposite sides right. of that. That's yes. pretty impossible. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's possible, but it's hard. Yeah. So Wow. She's, she's on board. You'll yeah. be back Wednesday. Uh, yes, I might have to do the show from home. No, uh, I, I went through it. Now we had the two children before it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we, we waited to have the children. And then uh, she had me in the doctor's office, I think, the next day uh, after the second one was born. Uh, but yeah. So, yeah, that's where I'll be Tuesday. And then be back Wednesday, maybe wow. at my house on Clean All right. Key. All right. But yeah, that was when I, I mean... Are we supposed, Danny? Is this like a? Is he setting us up to congratulate him? I don't no, know. no, no. I just, I, I just knew you'd enjoy that. Uh, yes, that fun detail. And I hadn't told you I was going to be gone Tuesday. Just that I was going to be gone right. Tuesday. I didn't so, know why, but wanted to tell you on air because I. Cherished so we your can repeat reaction. that on Tuesday. Yeah, oh yeah. Tyler's not here. He's in. He's right now getting a vasectomy. Oh, yeah. You can talk about it the rest of the time we do the show. <laughs> yeah, whole time. It'd be great. Uh, so, first thing in, that went through my head was it's too early for the World Series. So I am going to be gone when that happens. Yes, I will be gone when that happens as well, which was when I was scheduling the vasectomy was my primary concern. That you'd recover in time? Yes, that I there would oh, be. Oh, you'll recover in time. There would it's be not, time in place. And, not that yeah, big a deal. 100%. Because I didn't know, because like, I've, I've been to like 100 doctors this year because of my whole fainting thing. Right. Half the time, it's like, well, we can't see you for two months. I'm oh, like, I know. I know. Well, that doesn't do me any good. I know. The vasectomy was like, they were like, we can we can do it. I scheduled it like two weeks ago. They're like, we can do it next week if you want. <laughs> I was like, ah, let's wait. Let's wait a little bit here. So, yeah, like they were like, ah, we got plenty of openings for you. But most no. doctors is like, oh, yeah, we got, it'll be two months. months. It'll be months. I'm like, you okay. You have something or you need to get a test or something. Yeah. And it's like, well, he's available in January. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> And and there's this long pause because they probably feel bad because you're like, okay, maybe a week she's going to tell me. You're like two weeks and you've got yeah. the calendar out. Right. And, and literally gotta... it's October. It's like, well, it's you know, January 20th. Like, I need this done before then or I might die. Because <laughs> here's so, all right, I've had my whole issues with fainting. Not ideal. I didn't drive from February to August. Right. Because of it. And in that time frame, I probably missed like three or four days of the show to go to doctor's visits because. Right. They'd be like, "Well, we can do this day, but only at nine a.m." And I'm like, "Yeah." And if I if I want one at one p.m., they're like, "Well, it'll be another two weeks." So yeah. I probably missed like this show's pretty great. You can schedule a doctor, a dentist appointment at one o'clock, yes, and it's you'd fine. Be fine. But now it's like, ah, it'll be three months if you want it at one o'clock. But we can get you in at eight o'clock in three weeks. So this is an early morning vasectomy. I have to be there at six a.m. <laughs> 
I'm I'm a little confused by this because they're there a whole time like ah it's a quick procedure like it is quick procedure you'll be out rather soon after you're in but they're like yeah you need to be there at six a.m. you'll be out of there around ten and I'm a lot like, of papers to fill out what am I doing for four hours filling out papers apparently I think I already filled them out <laughs> I already had the consultation <laughs> which by yeah. the way so I went and met with the urologist that's going to do it right. And because they, you have to go do a consultation yeah. or whatever. And like the only, well, he asked me about like health and all that. But like the only thing outside of that that he was worried about is like, well, you know, you married, you have a significant other. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, well, what does she think? And I was like, well, she's the reason I'm here. <laughs> she, she wants this. <laughs> He's like, sounds good to me. <laughs> but that was, I was curious. Like they, he asked about your significant other and he asked like what they think about it. And like if I was sitting in there and my fiance wanted to have kids or something, I would just lie to him. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you'd say, well, she wants a bunch of kids and right. I don't. He'd be like, well, hold on a second. Exactly. Let's, let's think about this. So I'd just lie to him if, yeah. if that wasn't the case. So it's like, this isn't an effective way to do this. If you're true, <laughs> if you're truly trying to get their opinion, don't ask mine. I'm just going to lie to you. You're not going to get the real opinion from him. Oh, man. So... I just miss shows to go on trips. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to be a good day Tuesday. It takes like a month for it to kick in, apparently. So that's a detail we probably shouldn't talk about <laughs> on there. I don't think we should put that on. There's seven <laughs> seconds left. Let's let's skip that detail right now. Next Tuesday. Gonna be a great day. One of the best days of my life.